Welcome, Friendship Fam. We are live in Friendship Church Studios. I'm Kenny White, inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Welcome, Friendship Church. So happy to have you here with us today. And we have uh, special guests joining us all the way from Austria. And how is that possible? Well, we have beautiful technology at our service again. Thank the Lord for that. But we do have Nate and Bethany Johnson on with us, missionaries in Vienna or around Vienna, Austria. And we're going to let them introduce themselves, give us a high-level overview of who they are, what they're doing, why they got called to what they're doing, how they got connected to Friendship Church. And uh, so we're going to jump right in with them today to maximize our time to learn a little bit more about them, their ministry, and how we can be praying for them. So... Nate, Bethany, welcome to the Friendship Church Podcast. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, it's good to be here with you today, Joel. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you too, Bethany. So we have you both on, and we'll let you kind of take turns at at answering things. Uh, Tell us about yourself, your ministry, what you're doing, how you're connected here at Friendship, and I'll stay quiet unless I need to say something. Yeah, well, um, my name's Nate and uh, Bethany, like you said, and uh, we live here in Austria, live right outside of Vienna. Uh, We've been here for nine years, uh, church planting ministry and seeking to reach Austrians with the gospel, with the good news. We, I've been connected to Friendship Church for a very long time. Uh, When 1986, my family moved to Prior Lake. And ever since then, we've been going to Friendship. So I grew up at Friendship youth group, uh, all that different kinds of stuff, uh, have deep roots that, that go a long way back uh, in the Friendship Church family. And so when we were in the process of preparing to go overseas, talking to Friendship was kind of a no-brainer in terms of looking for a church that'd be willing to, to partner and send us out. And we always knew that Friendship had a, uh, had a deep heart for missions and a, a deep connection for that. Right. Yeah. Tell us about your family. Like Nate said, we've been here for nine years. Um, And so both our kids were born over here. Ellie is eight. She's in second grade in the local German-speaking elementary school. Um, And then her sister Maya is five. So she's not in elementary school yet. She's got about a year and a half left of what they call here kindergarten. They're great. And for them, Austria is home. It's the only home they've ever known. So we, we try to teach them bits of american culture right but uh here it's yeah like i said that they they're so fully integrated because this is where they grew up so they have a lot of great friends in our local neighborhood and are growing up bilingual uh their german's perfect more perfect than ours will ever be so (laughs) that's right are they naturally inclined to english or or german how's that work in their mind yeah that's a great question it's such a mix I would say for both of them, English is still their first language because we speak it at home. But I mean, especially for Ellie, she's really fully 100% competent in German and that's amazing. You know, plays plays with all her friends in German, reads reads books for fun in German. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to watch the uh, watch as they go through different phases, how the languages transform and you know, trying to keep them in balance and making sure that they're developing and growing in both. 
Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, I've got some language envy going on for sure. That's that's terrific that they can do that. What does ministry look like in Austria? You said church planting, and so tell us more about that and how that's going and what it's like, uh, even trying to reach people in Austria and having those conversations. Well, yeah. I mean, how long do you have this? We can talk about this. Uh, this is something we're really passionate about. We could talk about this for a really long time, but um, so we came to Austria nine years ago, like, uh, like we mentioned and uh, originally started just focusing on language learning and culture. After that uh, did an internship in an existing Austrian church, just trying to make, you know, some of our biggest uh, hmm. point value mistakes in the safest environment we could. Um, <laughs> and so after that, then uh, almost five years ago now, we moved up to our target area on the north side of Vienna. Um, we live just uh, over the border, um, right outside of uh, right outside of Vienna, and uh, we're church planting here. Um, and so that means everything from planning evangelistic events to um, small group ministry to building relational evangelism in the community, getting to know our neighbors and, and looking for opportunities to, to share about Christ and kind of everything in between. Um, there's one thing that I love about doing this work is it's you're never doing the same thing two days in a row. But you're always doing something different. There's always a lot going on. Hmm. Um, and then on top of that, we started serving as the field leaders for our Team Austria for our missions organization called World Venture. And so we take care of the other uh, missionaries that are here and help them in terms of coaching, discipleship, but also kind of walking with them through their their ministry journeys as well. And um, Bethany handles a lot of the practical stuff related to uh, visas or hmm. um you know, financial questions and things like that. So um, we have that as a, as a part of the mix of, of what we're doing in ministry. That's really cool. It's kind of like the Johnson Consulting Firm with World Venture. I like that. <laughs> That's cool. That's we a love that part of our job. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Nate didn't mention that um, we, like you said, we moved up to this area five years ago, but we didn't plant a church five years ago. Ministry here is often a bit slower than right. maybe what one would be used to in the States. There aren't a lot of believers here. It's about one half of 1% of the population um, that would be considered uh, evangelical or Bible believing uh, uh, born again. And so uh, to start a church plant, the strategy we took, which seemed to us to be the most culturally appropriate was to start by just getting a couple believers together in our local area who had some interest in starting a church nearby. Hmm. And we started a Bible study. And hmm. over time, as we networked in the area um, and got the word out, that Bible study grew and they brought friends. And then we split into two Bible studies. And through that process, we were seeking kind of a core team of people to launch the church with. Uh, so it was, it was a slow, long process, but I think it was really valuable to build a solid foundation. And so God then was gracious and brought us to the point in 2021 where we were finally able to launch Sunday gatherings. And so we did that in the mm. fall of 2021. Right. Um, we're meeting now biweekly still as we kind of gradually ramp up, ramp up the ministry of the church. So it's still new. The church plan is still very young, but right. we were excited after nine years of ministry to finally say, yeah, we're we're a church now. Let's jump. Well, and not only that, but you're mentioning 2021. That's right in the middle of the COVID life, and so not only are you trying to reach uh, a hard to reach people group, 
but you're also reaching them in a hard to reach in the climate or environment or culture or whatever that COVID brought. So that's awesome to hear that you were able to establish the church. And as uh, you told me earlier in our conversations today, Crosslight is the name of the church. Is that correct? Crosslight.at would be the website if you want to go and, and learn a little bit about that church. I would assume if you're listening and if you go to that website, it's going to be in German. Is that correct? Yeah, the website is in German, but we've heard um, that people have used Google Translate with it, and yeah. it's quite—it's fairly understandable. So you can read it if you want to go. Yeah, that, that route. That's cool. Yeah. Are you guys meeting in uh, like a location, or do you meet in a house, kind of a house church setting? Still, what's that look like? Man, that is another long story. But uh, the Lord provided a space for us to meet in that's here in the town where we're living in. And so it's owned by another religious group, another Christian religious group that uh, is um, like a just a different denomination. And so we're able to uh, use their facilities on Sunday afternoons. And so, I mean, facilities are always one of the really big issues here in Europe, just because land is really expensive mm. and things just aren't always built for churches. You know, mm. there just aren't locations that are that are built beyond your kind of traditional Catholicism. Austria is tr- traditionally a Catholic country since the, the Counter-Reformation at the, uh, in the 1500s, 1600s. And so um, there just, there aren't always a lot of spaces for churches to meet in, but the Lord really graciously provided this space now uh, in the middle. And, and we're, we're trying to figure out what the next phase looks like. Um, we can fit about 45 chairs in there and um, mm. we're getting close. We're not quite there in terms of filling it up uh, when we have our, our gatherings, but it's, um, it's getting tight enough that we need to start asking questions about uh, what, what would it look like to um, maybe meet somewhere else. So sure. Yeah. So that's a lot of good detail. And, uh, I had no idea about some of this stuff and a surprise. And it's really cool to hear about that, that coaching aspect you guys get to do as well. So whether from that, or even in your interaction with the Austrians, what are some cool experiences you've had in Austria? You know, it's been nine years. I imagine you have a handful. Yeah, I did have an interesting interaction just a couple months ago. Um, so uh, there was a woman at ballet who heard me speaking English to our daughter who was waiting to go in there. And uh, she was just thrilled to get to practice her English. Apparently, she had lived <laughs> in England for like eight or nine years. And so she just started pummeling me with questions in English, which was not what I was expecting. Um, but I would say our conversation reflects a conversation we've had quite a few times with people. She's someone who grew up here in a Catholic context in the Catholic church. And when I started to describe for her why we were here and the kind of work that we were doing, she just got to some of the basic questions really fast and revealed her lack of understanding about Jesus and the Bible Hmm. that she was fascinated that we believe that Jesus was who he said he was and that we actually read the Bible. And these are just things that at least here in the Catholic church are not common and not encouraged. Hmm. And so she was, um, yeah, I don't know how else to say it except kind of fascinated, like, like really that never heard of that before. Um, And so it was a very interesting conversation and she was quite curious, which 
I would say is is not the norm. Uh, many Austrians, when they hear what we do, get a little scared off, or they're like, "Oh, that's a that's a very personal topic. Faith is something very personal. I'm not comfortable." Mm -hmm talking about that with you because we just met. But I would venture to say that her time in England might have, have changed her a bit, or maybe it's just her personality. Yeah. Um, but she she asked me a lot of questions and, and really wanted to know more. But yeah, that, that's an experience we've had quite a bit where the concept of having a personal relationship with Jesus, someone that you pray to directly, and then actually reading and wanting to understand the Bible more deeply is not very common here. And that's not to say it doesn't happen. Um, in Catholic circles, and we'd love to see more of it, but it's not the common experience for people who having having grown up here. And there are many people here who carry on the rites and rituals of the Catholic Church. We know many friends and neighbors who baptize their children, but the kinds of things that we're talking about in our church and the relationship we have with Jesus is totally foreign to them. Yeah. Well, and you an interesting piece. I think I'm I'm understanding correctly, but is it maybe not encouraged to be reading your Bible on your own in some of those churches? Not very much. I think it's not really the central thing. I, in general, Catholic theology centers a lot more on this um, kind of sacramental aspect of faith, where the the rituals themselves are imbued with a um, with a, a, a sacramental. Um, component to where um, baptism isn't just a, a an external um, sign or something that we do that displays the internal reality of what's happened in our heart, mm -hmm. but that there's some sort of grace that is imputed in that, or that like following these rites and rituals of the church, of marriage, of baptism, of first communion, of uh, last rites, um, have a, a, a lot greater significance in, in um, their religious experience, um, or even, you know, taking the host, taking communion on a, on a regular basis in mass. Hmm. Um, there's, and there, there, there just isn't that focus on personally having a, a deep communion with God and, and also um, just really encountering him in the scriptures. Right, right. So you have kind of a two-faceted approach to the to the culture you're facing. One is that uh, there's a good chance that someone you might approach doesn't even know who Jesus is or, or what that means. Or if you do approach someone and they have an understanding, they're they've got a, a vastly different understanding of what it means to to be a Christian. Uh, yeah, and so that that can make conversations pretty interesting as well. There are some advantages to that dynamic. You might have less conversations about whether or not there is a God. We've met quite a few people who say that they believe in God in a general sense, um, but often it doesn't go further than that. And mm. so there's there's not a lot of openness to taking it beyond that and allowing a faith really transform their lives and go beyond those traditions. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. A story that, that connects to that is, uh, we, so early on, uh, before we had kids, we were living in a different part of the city and, and I was invited by a friend to come to this, um, weekly meal. It was a group of his high school friends that would get together and, and all have dinner once a week together. Um, and he was like, Hey, this would be a great challenge for your German, which it was because a bunch of people speaking dialect, uh, like it, you know, in, in like a noisy environment, you know, where you're, you're in a restaurant was totally different than just like the clean kind of quiet, uh, language school environment. So that was, that was a whole other ratcheting up challenge. Um, uh, but the great, the, I had an interesting discussion with someone while I was there and it was one of the, the guys that he knew. And, um, we just 
we're sitting across from each other, started chatting. And he asked me why we were in Austria. And, and I, you know, like Bethany explained just a few minutes of what we were doing and, you know, just about the gospel and, 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 and about who Christ is. And, and he said, that's really interesting that you have a faith like that. That's so important to you. He said, I know three people that are like that. And I said, really? Okay. Tell me who. And he's like, you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, he's like some lady at work and my aunt. Wow. And he's like, those are the three people that he knew that had some sort of transformational relationship with Christ or had some sort of transformational faith experience that went beyond just like, you know, these are the rites and rituals that I carry on because my grandfather's grandfather has done this. And that for me was amazing. I was really blown away by sitting across the table from this guy and being 30% of his christian witness that he had ever encountered 30 percent. interesting yeah that's cool thanks for sharing that you know i'd like to understand how uh, we at friendship church or anyone else who might be listening can be praying for your family for the both of you for um austria uh, you know, there's a lot going on around what you've said so far, where I'm sure there's prayer requests. And so feel free to share those. Also, you know, there's a lot going on over in the Eastern Europe section as well with the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And uh, if you have any specific prayer requests that you'd like to mention in regard that to that too, uh, let us know. And then uh, we'll take a minute to pray here. I would say um, a great prayer request for us would be just to press on and endure um we're in a context where we don't we don't see fruit very often and it's easy to get discouraged or just to know what is the best way to reach people here um austrians are pretty closed off to the gospel many of them are such wonderful loving people um but they live fairly comfortable lives and I just get the sense they don't, they don't really sense a need that anything is missing. Hmm. And so it's hard to know where to start with that. You know, we, we often see a lot more response from immigrants and people coming from other cultures or other economic circumstances. Um, but the Austrians themselves are just really tough to reach. Hmm. So wisdom in that, but also just uh, endurance and that God would protect us from getting discouraged and that we would just, continue to sow the seeds and trust that he will be working and also that he would help us to know how to best equip the Austrians in our churches to do the same because they're going to be even more successful in reaching their own friends and neighbors because right. of their language and cultural understanding that we'll ever be able to be so. I think practically for us um, as Crosslight and as church planters, you could pray for kind of the next season of ministry that we're moving into. We're um, praying and, and seeking the Lord in terms of when exactly it makes sense to start meeting weekly. We've been meeting bi-weekly since last November. That was uh, an important thing to be praying for, um, just that the Lord would lead us and guide us also related to building questions and uh, where we're supposed to be meeting. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you mentioned the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. That is not very far from us. The western border of Ukraine is six hours from our house. But there hasn't been a direct impact on our everyday lives yet, but we definitely feel the closeness, and we all sense the reality of what this could become. So a big prayer request, of course, is 
that the war would resolve, that Putin would stand down and that the politicians would have wisdom in knowing how to respond. But also we are expecting refugees to begin arriving in Austria. So we're praying that there's an opportunity there to offer love and open up our home or donate items. And perhaps some of those people will come to faith as a result of this experience. Um, maybe some of those people will end up in a Christian home and hear the gospel for the first time. Um, so that's a, a big prayer request that despite the evil that's happening, that God would use it somehow for good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and pray here for a minute. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Nate and Bethany Johnson, for their willingness to say yes to serving in Austria. And for nine years, God, that's a long time. And uh, it's a long time away from where they grew up, the family they know, the friends they have back home. And uh, so we just pray that uh, you continue to work in their hearts to reveal to them uh, wisdom and discernment in, in their time choosing to be in Austria, that you would affirm them in that decision every day when they wake up, that they know that this is where they need to be. This is where they're supposed to be for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. We pray that you continue to work in their hearts to, to be obedient in that. We pray that you would give them peace and comfort as they're over there, that their culture that they are facing can be tough to engage. And uh, frankly, uh, I can understand that they might become discouraged, Lord, but would you lift them up? Would you put folks into their lives to lift them up over there? Would you maybe give them some really awesome uh, Christ encounters that would uh, that would give them uh, another pep in their step to go on another day because they see a little bit of fruit. And God, we know that uh, sharing the gospel is not about uh, seeing the fruit that we reap, but God, it is so fun to join you in seeing that. And it's so joyful to, to engage in that, Lord. So would you bless them with that opportunity to, to see some fruit of the labor that you're uh, bestowing upon them, Lord? Would you also help them understand how to equip the Austrian believers that they have as a part of their church at Crosslight? Um and that they can send them out to reach the rest of Austria. Austrian believers are uniquely gifted in knowing other Austrians because they're Austrian. Lord, would you work through them? Uh, would you work through Nate and Bethany in coaching them to uh, love, live, and serve like Jesus in Austria to reach their uh, friends, coworkers, family, neighbors, whatever it might be, Lord? We also pray for the next season of ministry for the Johnson fam, for Crosslight Church as they're considering going from a bi-weekly service to a weekly and, and all that that pertains, uh, even the space that they're meeting in, Lord, as they continue to grow as a church, would you continue to provide for them the resources that they need? Uh, space is limited, land is limited, Lord, we know that, and we just pray that you would provide exactly what they need for right here and right now in this season of ministry. And Lord, as they are very close to the conflict and war going on overseas between Russia and Ukraine, would you um, give them peace, continue to give them comfort in, in, uh, in all that you are? And uh, would you help the Johnson family and their ministry to engage anyone they might come across, whether it's refugees or even those in Austria that might be living in fear of what's happening? Because truly, Lord, that conflict is only six-ish hours away, and uh, I can't imagine what that might feel like, but there's a lot of fear that could be involved. Use this time 
for the Johnson family to reach people with your gospel, to help them share the peace, the love of Christ with those people who might uh, be seeking all that that is. God, we thank you for this opportunity to get to know our missionaries. We thank you for uh, Nate and Bethany saying yes to serving you, and we pray that, God, you continue to stir them up to do your work in sharing the gospel overseas. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you for allowing us to join you in prayer. And uh, we like to end all of our podcasts with our guests asking them the LLS question. And basically what that means is, if you were to be standing in front of the Friendship Church congregation, how would you encourage them to love, live, and serve like Jesus? A really interesting way to frame that. And um, I've been thinking about it a little bit and trying to figure out exactly what would be the best thing to say. And I think for for us, you know, we live and serve cross-culturally. Uh, we go out our front door and really easily encounter people that, that look like, look different than us, that speak different than us, that um, just have different cultural backgrounds and different cultural experiences. And, um, you know, I think it's in, in many ways, reaching out across those barriers is, is really easy for us because of that. But I think the reality is that it's not just for someone like us that lives cross-culturally. Um, to reach out to those that are around us, and especially those that um, are in desperate need of, of, of hearing about Christ. And so I think what we would really encourage um, the friendship community is um, look for the next step. Um, look for the next step in terms of thinking about what it means for them to be involved in the Great Commission. Maybe, you know, there are so many people at Friendship that have supported missions for so long um, and I think there are also a, a lot of folks that um, have yet to to take the first step. And so for maybe the first step means getting to know a missionary when they're in town and saying, hey, I'd like to have this person over for dinner and just hear more about their ministry and hear more about what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe uh, for some people that means uh, saying, okay, let me find out what this next mission trip is about. Maybe that means going to check or, you know, thinking about uh, a next mission trip. Um, and maybe there are some people that are saying, God could be leading me cross-culturally, uh, but I don't know when and I don't know how and, and I don't know how that can look and um maybe for them that means sitting down with a member of the missions committee maybe that means finding a, a missions coach or someone that could um walk with them through that process of pursuing what would it look like to to live and work cross-culturally what it would what would it look like to to serve the lord with the gifts that i've been given and so um i think there is an opportunity for everyone to be a part of the great commission not just us that that live overseas and uh, i'd encourage everyone to um, take a take a step forward. Yeah, that's a good word. There's plenty of opportunity for that. Would you like to add anything, Bethany? Sure. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was if we're wanting to go out into the world and be a light, perhaps one thing we should be thinking about is uh, how do we be a good listener to the people around us? Hmm. You know, a lot of times we focus a lot on what words do we need to say, and that's important too. But what I've found here is that if I'm going to develop a deep and trusting friendship with someone where they're going to be willing to open up about heart issues, a lot of times that involves listening and asking thoughtful questions and showing them that I want, that I care about them and that I want to know how they're doing. Mm -hmm. So perhaps that's a challenge for some people listening today that maybe there's someone in their life that need, that has a lot going on and they just need to be cared for in that way. And, 
you know, if you step out and offer a listening ear and just some support that that friendship can go to the next level where perhaps God can open some doors and you can share about the thing that carries you through difficult times. Right, right. Yeah, eyes open, ears open. How keep your eyes open looking for that next step. Keep your ears open. How do you be a good listener and what does that mean? Uh that's that's good stuff, guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, Friendship Church, we are so happy that you have joined us in this podcast episode, getting to know the Johnson family over in Austria, and we ask that you continue to be praying for them as they pop up in your mind. And uh, Nate, Bethany, thank you both so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast, and uh, we hope that it was fun for you, certainly fun for myself. And uh, Friendship Church, as always, don't forget to love, live, and serve like Jesus. See ya. Thank you for joining in today, church fam. We will see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast.